Hey, y'all. Just wanted to pop in and say thank you to everyone that nominated my podcast for that podcast grant. Seriously, thank you so much. I should find something out by the end of March, um, so I will let you know. Another opportunity to support your boy is the Quill Awards. This is a podcasting um, award thing group. Um, I would love if you could just go into the show notes, check out that link, and nominate your boy for best podcast host, best show, best society culture podcast, whatever you think best fits RTWD. Appreciate y'all. All right, here's the show. What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And y'all, I'm so excited for our guest this week. Um, I have a special one for you, but I want to share a few dope ways that you can support the show besides just listening. Number one, like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Follow us on the socials at RTWD Podcast. Um, on IG, TikTok, um, yeah. And then finally, by joining the real fam, um, by financially supporting the show on Patreon, you're literally, literally, literally helping uh, the show run because this thing ain't free. Um, all right, and a big shout out to uh, all those who are in the real fam. I love you so much. Uh, all right, now on to my guest. I am joined by Nicole Guenzura. Nicole immigrated to the U.S. over 16 years ago and has had a profound personal and professional experience that increases her impact in helping others navigate higher education and has become a champion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. She has spent the last decade working in MBA admissions, supporting early career students, and coaching high school students who are the future of our nation. Nicole can always be found hanging out with her tiny humans and husband or exploring her new love for crossword puzzles and the show Jeopardy, which both of those things I love. In our conversation, uh, Nicole and I talk about her journey into higher education, her work in supporting underrepresented communities into grad school programs, and why access is so important. Plus, Nicole is going to walk us through her five-step EAC method. Uh, Nicole is an absolute joy, and I'm very sure you will get a lot out of this conversation. All right, y'all, here is Nicole. Nicole, welcome to RTWD. How are you? Thanks for having me, Jonathan. I'm doing fantastic. We've got a little bit of sunshine in the DMV. Mm. I can't be mad at it. The snow has melted away, so I feel okay again. Yes, and for y'all who don't know what the DMV is, because I found this out like like a year ago, it's like what is the D, what is DMV? Because that's like Maryland, DC, and Virginia area, Virginia, like that, that tri-state yes. area right there. That's it. Yes. All right. Now, see, you know, flexing my geographical knowledge. Um, that's so great, though. That's so great. Well, I read a little bit about you, but I would love for you to share, um, you know, a little bit about who you are. So. Tell the Real Fam, you know, a little bit more about yourself. Sure, sure. Hey, Real Fam. I am so glad to be connected today. I, as Jonathan said, I've recently found a new love for crossword puzzles and Jeopardy, anything that makes my brain continue to think. Um, and I realize I absorb mm. a lot of information on a day-to-day basis. So funny enough, sitting around mm. Jeopardy, I find myself answering a lot of questions because I don't even realize how much I've absorbed until I know the answer to the question. (laughs) So, and it's also a great way to get away from screen time. Um, I have Mm -hmm. noticed, but as Jonathan mentioned, my passion has been around higher education. Uh, When my family immigrated to the United States, it was a new experience. I wasn't a first generation student by definition, but my parents had both gotten education from a very different country. It's a very different system. So it was all brand new. Um, And I was the first one out of my siblings to attend a four-year university. So I was just really... um, I was just really excited and encouraged by all the people who um, poured into me. And that's what motivated me to pursue business school, um, to pursue higher education, but also still share my love for how people and um, marketing works, which was my undergrad major. 
I love it. I absolutely love that. And to even touch on a little bit of like the puzzles and like even crosswords, Jeopardy and all that stuff. Like uh, I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day and just they said we consume the amount of information um, in one day than like, you know, somebody 70, 80 years ago would consume an entire year. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just so much information (laughs) that's being tossed at us. And so it's just like uh, doing something that like gets us bored or like takes us our eyes away from the screen um, is like actually really beneficial for us, not only our creativity, innovation, um, but just our overall, overall well-being. So it's Absolutely. just like wild how, you know, how much information we got just jammed up in our Way too much. <laughs> yes, way too much. Um, and, and thank you so much for sharing um, all of that uh, with us. I, I, I'm always like, there's so much to people's like stories and um, experiences that we just don't see mm-hmm. in a, a perspective that somebody has, you know, and even when you said like, um, you know, I wasn't a first generation student in the, like the definition that, you know, it's kind of like popular because mm-hmm. um, both of your parents are um, like have education, but it's outside of the U.S., which some people are. No, I would say a lot of people don't know is that like the U.S. education system doesn't accept education that's outside the U.S. So you have to, you would have to, if you're, if, even if you're a PhD or something like that, you have to literally go back to school again. So it's just like really, really wild. So, um, yeah, how, well, how was that experience for you as far as like, you know, navigating this education system? Were they able to like lend some support? Obviously it's a different system, but how, how was that, um, for you being, being the first in your family to attend a four-year? Well, having African parents, um, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> You're always going to pursue your education. I have heard. <laughs> yes, you'll pursue it to the <laughs> highest level. <laughs> so with them, they were always encouraging in that, hey, regardless of what we know, um, we know that education is important. So whatever you've got to do mm-hmm. in terms of enrolling or becoming a part of organizations, they were extremely supportive. So my high school, had actually um, an organization. It was called the College Partnership Program. And this was early middle school. And they would teach you about the different colleges that were in the Virginia area, or actually, let's just say the DMV area. And it was really focused on supporting minority students. So I continued on with that organization. They helped pay for college application fees, tours to go visit colleges, just the knowledge that I needed and foundation um, that my parents weren't Mm. familiar with, but they knew I needed the support, but just didn't know how to give it to me. Yeah. No, that's, that's incredible. It it reminds me of this other program that I was a part of since like middle school up until senior year of high school. It was called AVID, which Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it's, I can't remember the acronym. It's an acronym, but it's basically like a college readiness program. Um, but they, mm-hmm. I don't think that they went to the extent of like what you're saying of, of like being specifically for underrepresented students, but also like, you know, paying college fees. That's inc- that's that's one I did not know. <laughs> that's, like the college fees add up. Um, and then through that program, I was able to like go visit colleges, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get an introduction, all that stuff. So like those like college readiness, like programming and, and stuff like that, if you have like, I'm not going to say the AVID program in every institute at every college or every High school is good, but I'll say if you get into a good organization or program, it's like incredibly helpful to like give you skills, especially if you're a first gen student in all contexts of that, of that, like um, that phrase, right? I will say what my parents did to set us up for a strong foundation was find a public school system that was well ranked so that they, mm. they didn't know what the resources yeah. were, but they knew it was a well-resourced county. Yes, <laughs> that's huge. So thanks for sharing like a part of your your journey and everything like that. It's like incredible um, and love the fact that like your parents were so involved, but I've heard that about African parents. <laughs> uh, but uh, so uh, see, Black people aren't, aren't all the same because <laughs> it's a very different experience. Um, so what has been like your journey that, uh, what has your journey been like to get to get you where you are like now? Because um, I know you are, you know, your own, started your own business. Um, you were in higher ed for, for a while. And so now you're doing your own thing, kind of like supporting underrepresented students, you know, coaching other folks. So how did you, how did you end up at this point? 
It started in college. I registered as a marketing major, initially psychology, but you know, you change majors. So marketing (laughs) is what I wanted to focus on because I knew I understood business was universal. I thought I was going to go and work um, in a consumer product goods organization. I wanted to know. I'm the person who goes in the grocery store and I um, can tell you why they place certain products on the shelf um, or who dominates those yes. areas. It's just fascinating to me. Um, but but yeah. then I was introduced to residence life and just the student activity, student affairs side. And I realized I really love helping folks and I love working with mm. my students and programming. And I knew from there that that is where I wanted to go. So I was very fortunate to have a very supportive dean of students office. Um, I would intern or just do small projects across campus. And I realized that higher education is where I wanted to be, but I wanted to make sure I had um, a versatile degree in case I ever changed my mind. That's how I went on to business school. Um, Business school, again, it gave me the foundation. But by then I knew corporate wasn't going to be for me. When I started working in MBA admissions, I was like, hey, this is it. Um, I was working with a number of Mm. um, underrepresented students. That was my area. And I had the privilege of developing relationships. It's all about relationship building. Sometimes it would be 12 months, right? Before someone decides if they're even going to apply to the program, but I love helping them navigate and talk through that. And also the best part every year was calling a number of students and offering them a full tuition scholarship, you know, and that change, that changes lives. That really gives folks an opportunity. And I always thought back to imagine if I had had that kind of support, a full tuition scholarship, that's when the puzzle pieces were starting to kind of click that, hey, these resources are out there. There's some organizations that'll pay for Mm -hmm. your school. Um, And I left there and I realized I could continue to do more work with um, a nonprofit that was focused on really developing women um, and women identifying individuals who needed a business foundation, who needed some mentors and spaces to really just get that acumen. Um, And I love the work we were doing there. I finished off working with their MBA, um, pre-MBA and early career women. And that program was about almost 700 women who were getting ready to go on to their MBAs and the coaching. Oh my God. It was, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, (laughs) goodness gracious. It was wild. Yes. I love it. But it was awesome. You know, the moments I would get to do a little Mm -hmm. bit of coaching or I talked to my former undergrad students It was just confirmation that this is the work I was meant to be doing, but I was noticing Mm -hmm. that there wasn't dedicated work to underrepresented populations. What are we doing to making sure that the access is there? Because there's all these conferences, there's people who will pay for education, but it was a select few. I remember I would reach out to my undergrad, to the career services and say, please encourage students to apply for this. You know, there's so many resources, but it was always um, knowledge or knowledge breadth to certain calibers of schools. And Mm -hmm. I'm determined to help expand that. We need to get that access to more folks um, that need to know that, hey, you know, Black folks, we are all about our education. We're all about pursuing hard Mm -hmm. work. That is nothing new to us. But sometimes we have limitations, not because we're putting them on ourselves, but we just don't have access to the resources to get us to that next level, to get us on a more level playing field. Yeah, yeah. And it will, what fascinates me about like what you're sharing too is that like there is a, there is a missing link, right? Mm -hmm. There's like, oh yeah, we have all these resources. Like you're just not taking advantage of them. Well, like <laughs> you're actually not doing the work to let them know that those resources are available. So it. it's almost like a, a double-edged sword. It's, it's, it's really wild. And, and I've like tried to keep this, this mantra in the back of my mind 
when, especially the conversations around like um, CRT, because this is a framework. CRT is a framework we can use uh, to like even analyze these situations, right? There, there, and and even other conversations around or anything around like DEI initiatives, right? Like it has to be purposeful. It has to be intentional. And like, you really always have to ask the questions like, is this being the most impactful? Because like, because, you know, we, sometimes we just think of like, oh, we just do this. Like, we're just going to leave this here and like the people will come. And if Mm -hmm. they don't come, i.e., you know, um, black and brown folks, LGBTQ plus community, like all these different underrepresented or, uh, underrepresented communities or historically excluded communities, they're right. just like, oh, they just don't want it. But that's not, the, that's actually not the case. Not like uh, DEI work is intentional, it's purposeful. And um, we always have to ask the questions, is this impactful? So I, I love that share of like, you know, I want to make sure that they know about this, reaching out to these career service um, institutions saying like, encourage them, this is available, mm-hmm. let them know and giving and, and creating like, these access points, that's right? right. Um, which is incredibly important. Uh, you you shared a, a lot about like kind of like how you got into this space, mm-hmm. where, um, um, what like kind of pushed you and motivated you into this space. Why is this? I, I'm I'm curious. Why is like this? In, is, this is important, or why should you know people be interested in like an MBA program or getting into this field um, that's dominated by you know men, but white men uh, in particular too. Yeah, you know when I looked at the statistics. Um, I was reading recently um, all the statistics around the women in the workplace study, especially, and also the statistics that were saying that the number of women CEOs has grown 2% since 2020. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then looking at statistics now that you know many companies have shared what their diversity statistics look like, and you're seeing that the majority of employees are either in entry-level roles or are in lower-level roles, and that number continues to decrease as that leadership, um, as you get to that leadership role. Hey, y'all. So I just wanted to break down this study, and maybe this is the same study that Nicole brought up, um, a study out of McKinsey and uh, LeanIn.org. So they took a look at some survey data that, that examined gender and race in corporate roles um, in 2020. And entry-level roles, as Nicole had mentioned, are pretty dispersed. Um, more specifically, those roles look like, you know, 35% white men, 18% men of color, 29% white women, and 18% women of color, which is which is pretty good, honestly, which is pretty good. Um, but as Nicole mentioned, you move over into a manager role, director role, VP role, into that C-suite role, those numbers shrink dramatically. So more specifically, white men um, uh, take up 66%, men of color take up 12%, white women take up 19%, and women of color in C-suite level roles take up only 3% um, in there. So despite fairly equal representation in entry-level roles, the odds of women advancing in the very top of corporate leadership are slim, and women of color fare even worse. And it's so important that um, folks are getting the education because, one, it gives a foundation, right? Um, You are able to learn, of course, you are in the coursework, you're learning about analytics, you're learning about how business works, you're learning so many things in the course curriculum, but also the experience if you're able to travel and learn about different cultures, the people that you're involved with on campus, the different clubs and organizations. Say you want to be an entrepreneur, there's a program that has an incubator for you, or you want to go into consulting, just that foundation um, and the wealth of resources that come with business school really set you up for, I think, a really strong um, and open-minded mindset. And I think that's where it is, right? We need to open up our minds. We need to see what else is out there because I'm going to be real, Jonathan. A lot of the focus that um, we have on America is based on what happens in America in this bubble. Um, and it's really yeah. important to understand what else makes the world go round. And mm-hmm. how do we bring that? That's that's a good point. That's it. 
That's such a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. You get it, right? Um, you, you've yeah. been, in, you've yeah. been in similar spaces. What makes the world go round? And how are we ensuring that, um, first of all, your education, no one can ever take that away from you. So once you have that foundation, mm-hmm. your company doesn't really have an excuse, so to speak. You've got the education, you've got the experience. So what's next? You're moving up the leadership pipeline. It sounds simple, but it really should be that way, right? Let's not stifle Mm. folks. Um, And this doesn't mean you just have to get an MBA. If you want to go into product management, there's master's degrees for that. That's all part of business school. Mm. So going for where you're going to find your fit. Above all else that I work through or that um, I coach through my business, it's important that people are finding their fit um, and finding a place where they can bring in their experiences, but also get the most out of it. So when you're going back to the workplace, you have so much to contribute there. You have um, the foundation that you needed to get you to that next level. And then it's up to the leadership from there to really recognize that. So I think it's just such a powerful tool to have because no one can ever, they try, but they can never dismiss you <laughs> for having it yeah. <laughs> for having those experiences. It's, it's good to have. And if you've been exposed to what else is happening, you bring that and you change the workplace for the better. Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely love that. And like you said, multiple things that were just like gems in there, but I think it's, um, it's really easy to like for us in the U S and I say uh, me, that's just grown up, grown up in the U S context all of my mm-hmm. life. It's like, ima- like not imagine anything outside of us, right? Like we believe that the, we honestly believe U S folks believe that like, you know, we're just oblivious to anything that happens outside of the U.S. Like, you know, majority of folks, um, you know, a, a lot of folks speak only one language mm-hmm. um, that not many folks travel outside of the U.S., um, even though uh, our economy heavily relies on so many different factors across the world mm-hmm. and, and globally. Like, right. Like it's no it's no longer um a way that we could do business without relying on other people outside of ourselves mm-hmm. um, and having like a global minded um, mindset or perspective and just having that wide range of things going on for us. Um, it really does help us be more effective <laughs> in the workplace. Um, and like, I feel like that's, that's so missed. And, and it even goes back to like education, like how we grow up. There's no emphasis on like beyond us. Like, I'm just thinking of like all my history classes is just like, there's such a heavy emphasis on like us and, and, um, <laughs> and not really like understanding other, other folks. It, it's wild to me, but also even like having like a foundation for education, right. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of finding what is going to be most beneficial for you in your educational setting. Right. So like okay. an MBA program in and of itself isn't, might not be the best, but like it might be another program or an emphasis within that program might be great for you mm-hmm. uh, to expand on, on things that you want. So I, I really do love that perspective and like taking the time to like figure out how is this program going to benefit me? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, even in programs, like, yes, you learn some education. That's, that's great. But like the connections that you learn that you make um, in some of these programs are like, wild. Like I've had, I just think about like the speaking engagements. Like when I started like doing a whole lot more speaking, it was, it was mm-hmm. out of like, you know, some grad school professors that I had um, that I heard me share, you know, topics that I'm passionate about or my applied thesis work or connecting me with this person. Like there, there's a lot of like, you know, who, you know, too, that comes out of education too. And, and recognizing too, that like education or going to grad school or everything like that is not the end all be all, but you know, there's other avenues for that, but like, you know, this is, this is such a great opportunity for folks. If that is the route that you want to, that you want to pursue. It's a tool. What has been like, yeah, exactly. I love that. What has been for you, um, even some of the, the folks that you, that you were working with in the past, I know that you mentioned that, you know, you, it would take like 12 months for folks to even decide if they wanted to um, apply for a program or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what were those conversations like? Because I remember even my experience as an admissions counselor and really like trying to understand 
Like, what do you what are you wanting out of life? How are you? What what do you think is going to get you to to the next step? What is what is, what was that experience like for you or or your, your current experience doing that that work? Um, in when I was in admissions, the conversation was. Just when you're first speaking to someone, they're looking probably at multiple options or just got started or, you know, they could be in a couple of different places. And they've Mm. also got other considerations. They've got family, they um, pets, they've got partners, whatever it may be. They're thinking about their career and their job. Um, There's so many steps along the way, even up to when they decide on a program, they've still got to figure out, okay, I'm going to apply, but who's going to recommend me? Um, How am I going to navigate this Mm -hmm. at work? What's the plan afterwards? Okay. Am I going for the full-time program? Am I going to the part-time program? It's a lot of decisions. It's a lot of navigation. Um, And you don't always have someone to talk to, which is why I always include first generation individuals in the work that I do, because who do you talk to? Um, And many times, if you're speaking to someone um, in admissions, they're there to genuinely help you. um, But also, they're also doing things for the best interest of their program. (laughs) Yep. Their program. (laughs) And no, no, you know, no problem with that. That's that's how they're going to get things. But those conversations, it was starting to understand what is on their minds. What do you need to do? What resources can you offer along the way, right? It might be, it's beyond, you do a diversity day, great. You do a women's day, fantastic. But also um, if they're bringing a partner, connecting them with someone in the partners club, because they need to be able to understand Mm -hmm. if they're taking two years away, how is that going to look for their partner? Um, it's connecting them mm-hmm. with resources that they can apply through. Hey, we're partnered with this organization. This will help your eligibility for uh, a fellowship, if that's a concern for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, about listening each time and figuring out what resource is there that you can connect them. Because I'm only one person and I have a limited amount of knowledge. But what I do know is that if I connect you with these resources, they can help you along the way. So that's why it takes so long, but it's important. You have to build trust. You have to build a relationship. And if people are just in the beginning, you you have to respect that. But then you also have to be cognizant of sometimes people are just like, I'm just going to waste your time for a few months <laughs> and I'm going to figure it out after that. But I found that for the most yep. part, especially when working with black and brown folks, there's just so many considerations that are going in and you have to be patient. You have to be understanding um, and you have to be resourceful because this is someone's life changing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think when I, what I noticed dramatically is like when I got to, Undergrad, obviously, there's already disparities as far as like, you know, admissions rate, who was present in in classrooms, Mm -hmm. you know, breakdowns of demographics. And those change based off of um, region. Right. But overall, like there's not a lot of black folks there. Um, White folks, obviously, are overwhelming. But like Latinx community is is pretty prevalent in higher education, uh, Asian community. Kind of like the the, the breakdown overall is, is, you know. Although generalized, it's pretty, it, it pretty like it sticks yeah. to it. Um, but it it was I noticed a very big difference going into like graduate school of of like who is there and who is mm-hmm. present. Um, if the disparity is already there in undergraduate, like they're definitely more pronounced in graduate school. Oh, yeah. And so like I would I like I, I feel like even the resources and in, in when I was navigating the graduate admissions process, it was, you know, it. <laughs> It's kind of sort of the same as undergrad, but it's not the same as grad because there's, like you mentioned, so many other factors mm-hmm. that you have to take into account. And at the time, I had a full-time mm-hmm. job um, that sometimes required 12, 13-hour days um, of just like travel time, all that stuff. Uh, like had a partner, trying to figure out like living situation, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then also not to mention, oh yeah, the, the bill. So uh, there's so many different factors. And on top of that, you know, I was the first 
person in my immediate family to go to a first a four year, and then I'm the very like first first um, to go uh, to a um, like post you know a graduate mm-hmm. program. So like literally, I was already in the deep end, and I got I'm, now I'm in the middle of the ocean at this point. <laughs> you know, so um, so so it, it, there is a lot of a lot of things that can come in. Obviously, again, that is not the experience of everybody, mm-hmm. but like. Um, but it, it does, it does, uh, like, as you were saying, you, you really do have to pay attention from the perspective of admissions or any like supporting role, uh, that you have to pay attention to those things. Cause it is a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Um, it's, just the application process. Yes. And don't forget that there's also other voices in your head, maybe professional resources, whatever else. Um, and that comes with a bill as well. So you're like, I need help, mm. but the help that's being offered may cost me a lot or the help that's there. I don't understand how to navigate that. So yeah, we're swimming in murky ocean waters at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So Nicole, in comes you uh, and, and the work that you do. Uh, so um, I would love, can you like just share a little bit about like your business, what you do, how you help our, excuse me, support uh, individuals that are looking to do like an MBA program? I feel like um, you have the heart, you have the passion to help these folks. And I really want them to know who they can reach out to. <laughs> of course, of course. So enter yeah. Education Advancement Consulting, um, EAC yeah. for short. What we aim to do is to provide workshops. Um, and a lot of times these are small group workshops for companies, um, companies a lot of times that are already funding education, but employees may not know how to navigate that process. How do you find your fit? There's a bill that's got to be paid. My company only funds this much. How do I meet in the middle? Um, Which school is going to be a good fit for me? You know, there's so many considerations that are there. So we're here to say how we're here to prepare you for that um that next step the money is there but let's just make sure you have got what you need to be successful because that balance doesn't go away right so how are you keeping above water so our workshops um range from um usually we do a 45 60 minute workshop we're just talking um about a the five-step method i created and it's to make that process not only attainable, but understandable. Uh, let's let's mm. just take the drama out of everything. Let's make it easier to understand. Um, and then I also offer um, for organizations and schools that are invested in education. Um, I'm talking to undergrad students about what those next steps look like, right? If you're taking the GRE you're already in a studious mode. Take it now. <laughs> Take it now. Now yes. for five years. <laughs> you know. Yes. You've got. To- it's it's tough trying to do it. You know, a few years out of. <laughs> That's it. When you don't even remember how to study at that point, it's tough to do yeah. it. So take it now. Take your GMAT. You know, but just practical things like that. That to me are now second nature. But not everybody Mm -hmm. would know that information um, or might have access to that information. So that's what we're doing. We're hosting. um, I'm I'm speaking um, about those topics. I'm also just um, helping individuals focus on their story. Right. By telling my story, the -hmm. story I want to tell is helping you make the best of your story, right? Helping you just navigate um, all the experiences that you have and putting that into whatever the application process is going to look like. Because everyone has an amazing story to tell. And one of the number one questions I'd always get in admissions was, how do I stand out in an application? Well, Yeah. (laughs) Well, by being yourself. So let's talk about what being yourself means. Let's talk about all of those experiences. Mm. So that's what that's what the focus is. We're doing workshops to um, help employees navigate um, the next steps before um, their higher education 
we talked about an MBA, right? If it's not for you, what else is there? Business school. My method is ap- applicable, whether you're, I was working with someone who's thinking about law school, um, but just wanted to break mm. it down. So let's just make things attainable. Let's make them understandable and let's give folks the resources that they need. Yes. And I love that partnership um, with organizations because there's a lot of organizations that are looking to switch to this, right? There's, I mean, um, I don't want to give them free promo, but they are, they, they're a newer, huge company that's doing it. Walmart mm-hmm. um, is doing it. Starbucks is doing it. There's a lot of other smaller organizations that have, they're starting to like have this as like an added benefit right. for, for working for them because, you know, <laughs> that's going to uh, bring in some great applicants, number one, but also some employees too, of like a, a leveling up, mm-hmm. right? Um, but also helping them how to navigate this because going to school, like going to school is one thing. Grad school is one thing. It's like, it's literally not the work that'll get you. It is like everything that goes encompasses around it, right? Navigating the schedule, working on, you know, 10 page paper and you haven't written a paper in a while or whatever. And you have to like relearn how to write and relearn how to study, but then you got bills and you got to work and all this stuff. So it's really all those things that go around <laughs> school um, that like is helpful to know um, before you even start the journey. Um, so I, I love that idea of like partner partnering with organizations that you know are offering this thing and really helping employees figure this thing out so they can be successful, right? Really like setting it up for success. Exactly. Exactly. And it benefits the company in the end too, right? You want a happy employee. You want to be able to retain that employee. You've offered the benefit. Mm. So make sure they can successfully redeem that benefit, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I know that, uh, and, speak, and you mentioned like, you know, MBA is not always the thing, you know, law school, whatever. But there's also like certification programs that like still feel, you know, full time, but it's for a shorter amount okay. of time. But I would imagine like the same method could also be applied to this. hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. All right. No, that's, that's fantastic. I just want to make sure I'm covering all my bases. You know? Yes. Yes. You know what it is. It's, it's, it's meant to be versatile. It's meant to be versatile, whatever it's going to be. Um, let's just help you process that. So, um, you mentioned this five step Mm -hmm. method. I would love, you know, if it's not too revealing uh, for for all of your secrets, if like you could walk us through like what what does that encompass and like how does that help us individuals or anybody who's looking to do a certification program, education program? Yes. Yeah. So with the five step EAC method, I'll give you the the high level version of it. You're going through five yes, steps. broad strokes. <laughs> You're going through five steps, okay. and the first step is really focused on assessment, right? I mentioned I want you to be comfortable and confident in your story, and oftentimes you're looking at, well, that person has done that really great thing, but hey, you've also done a lot of great things. So let's do an assessment of what that looks like: achievements at work, you know. Um, awards you've received, where do you want to be next, right? You've got, you've got a job, you've got all of these things. So phase one of it, we're really just focusing on you and the preparation that you need. And then phase two is because again, we talked about lots of noise, lots of drama everywhere. Um, how do we take what you're interested in and convert that or narrow it down to just some the type of programs that fit what you want to do? Don't go chasing, mm-hmm. right? Don't chase all the waterfalls. Just which one yeah. <laughs> is meant for you? <laughs> so once we've narrowed yes. that down, that's we're now in phase two. Phase three, I like to call it the nitty gritty because that's when you're doing the work, right? You're applying, Mm -hmm. you are, um, you're submitting things, you're talking to folks, you're um, talking to admissions, you're talking to the resources, but it's not as stressful because you've done the pre-work. So think of the first two stages as the pre-work, right? So when it's time to put in work, you're good. Um, and then phase four is the aftermath. 
that is where you're trying to figure out what could be next. Is it an interview? Is it um, a wait list? Different decisions are going to happen during that phase and stage. So it's preparing for that as well and um, some of the things you may need to consider. And um, the last stage is the R&R. We want to be able to reflect and rest in knowing that we've done our best through that whole process. Sometimes we rush to just figure, okay, we've done it. We forget about it and we move on. But it's so important Mm -hmm. to reflect and recognize that moment and this, you know, momentum you've taken to um, just get to to where you are. So I add that as a phase because I think it's so important. I've rushed through so many things Mm -hmm. and never took the time to acknowledge that. So you're acknowledging yourself at the beginning. You're also acknowledging and giving yourself a pat on the back for, for really putting in your best effort at the end as well. So going through that phase, um, I forgot to mention one thing that we'll also do is create a dedicated output document for you that will say, hey, Mm. these are the top schools. Here are the top things that you should be considering. Here are some pros and cons. So it's really just taking the stress out of everything. You're going to have a tailor-made experience. It's a tailored experience for you from start to finish. So when you're pursuing something, you're only focusing on how that is going to be a really good fit for you and your life circumstances, not for whoever announced their best life on LinkedIn. You don't know that background, not for what your parents did or didn't do. What is it going to do for you? Yeah. And I love that. I just heard something yesterday that they said, uh, um, I just read something. What did it say? It said, um, don't, you don't know, like the, you're only seeing like the successes or whatever. Essentially, it's just like, you're, you're just seeing like the success story. You don't see all of like the, the sad stories behind her or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's true because we just play our highlight reels on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever. Um, but, but, uh, there's a lot of like st- steps and stumbles and, you know, bumps and bruises under, under underneath that. So like understanding what you want, um, and, 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 and really like keying in on, on your, you know, school of choice mm-hmm. and your experience is like incredibly important. And I love like that assessing in the beginning, figuring out you in the beginning, and then like, even just kind of like reflecting in the, at the end too. Cause it's just like those, I feel like we over overlook the importance of those things. Even after we do all this work, we're just like, all right, you know, it's done. All right. Let's, you know, keep doing. And it's like, no, but just like chill, (laughs) chill. (laughs) Like you just did a whole lot. Like you accomplished it. Celebrate, have some gratitude in that. I I love that. Um, So I took some notes. I took some notes. So the first one is step one is assess. So this is all about you. The step two is narrow down your programs. Mm Step three is doing the work, applying. Step four is aftermath, mm-hmm. preparing for the interviews and all that stuff that goes with it. And then step five is ref, reflect and rest. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, That's that it? it. You got it. You got it. Awesome. Attainable right. and understandable. <laughs> See? <laughs> yes. 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 And the thing too is that like we're just we're just going through like broad strokes of the EAC method, right? right? But there's like so much that go into the little minute details mm-hmm. that like I'm having like PTSD of my own like, <laughs> of my own like uh, uh, grad school application process because I just remember like how stressed I was about you know I don't know what pro- like I know what I want to study but I don't know what program is going to help me out the yeah. best like am I going to move for this program how am I going to pay for this thing and like stressed about all this mm-hmm. stuff and like is in the program that I ultimately cho- chose um, was was a financial de- decision yeah. honestly. Um, and to be quite honest, I didn't get everything I wanted out of that program because I had to make my decision based off of finances. Mm-hmm. But like, was there other things available? To, see, you would have been you would have been so helpful to call. <laughs> EAC was in my mind at that time. So yes, yes, <laughs> would have been so helpful. Um, no, I, I love that. And so, like, when you're working with organizations or individuals or or you're speaking to mm-hmm. groups, like. What is like your biggest hope as you're explaining, you know, the five step method, as you're talking about, you know, the things that are available, as you're talking about access, what is your biggest hope for the folks that you're working with? That one, they have confidence 
in their story and how mm. powerful that is. That is what's mm-hmm. going to make you stand out. Um, and let's be practical. If you decide not to apply to grad school, but you've already done the assessment, you can write about that in a cover letter or a job application. So come on now. <laughs> work smarter, not harder. There exactly, you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so not yeah. only just feel encouraged and emboldened in the story that you have to share. Um, it's that it's not you. It's the lack of access, right? And once you've had it, share it with the next person. I can only do so much. I focus on group work because I want to make sure people are getting to know each other. Say I do a group workshop for a company. Um, If I'm working with the individual, great. But if I'm also working with a small group, now you know someone else at your company that is also doing that, that is now part of your journey. There comes that, you know, cohort, that, um, that sense of group, that sense of belonging, because you've been doing this by yourself. Um, yeah. I also want folks to just realize that they don't have to put themselves in a box of any sort. There is a program out there for everyone. Um, yeah. Yes, there are always going to be some sacrifices here and there, um, but there's always going to be something that's going to be the best fit for you or gets the closest to that. So you don't feel pigeonholed because of just the finances, because of um, the rigor, or feel like I, you've got a certain score, therefore you don't belong here, but maybe you're not supposed mm-hmm. to be over there. You're supposed to be over here. That's a word. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Um, I, I, I tell you, Jonathan, at, looking back at the last 17 years in the United States and navigating that process, I had to go through, of course, the legal and all of that, becoming a citizen and, you know, learning all of these things about the culture and learning about um, who I was and my identity here, I also realized just the power of what that story means, the power of how my community helped me get through from one stage to another. It wasn't all out of my own work. It was because I had support along the way. And so why isn't that just common for everyone? And um, organizations are already putting in funding towards it. So that is a brilliant way to unburden the burden. Absolutely. And I, I, what I appreciate on what you said too, about like the community piece, because I feel like it is, it can be very lonely trying to like navigate this process. Mm -hmm. It can be very lonely when you're doing it um, because like, when you're in grad school, it's kind of hard to explain, especially if you're not in a cohort model. And I was in a cohort Mm -hmm. model and I just heavily relied on my cohort peeps. Shout out (laughs) y'all. But like, um, but it can be so lonely. Um, And even if you have, if you're with a partner or somebody, like they don't know like why you're stressed out all the time. Like there's like, you're always thinking about homework. You're always thinking about this next class. There's always something in the back of your mind. It's just such a, um, grad school can be such a unique experience mm-hmm. knowing there's other people when you're when you're at your organization, um, if you're not in a cohort model or something like that, or even if, you, if you're doing this like class or certification or whatever, right. that like gets it, that gets it, that you're not just like alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, having that community of just being like, yo, can we have a happy hour and study? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's it. like, that's just amazing. You know, it, it, it really is, is like helpful. Um, and I think sometimes and going even back to the undergrad experience, like that's what makes the undergrad experience like special mm-hmm. is not just like where you go, but it's like the friends you make, the community, community you make and stuff like that. Like, and again, that's not everybody's experience, but like, it doesn't mean that community is not less vital when you're pursuing, you know, bettering yourself in, in any way, shape or form. So I, I, I love that. And even, um, another tidbit you dropped is that like your story um, is what makes you unique. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, that's how you stand out is like being yourself. And I think there's so many times um, I'm working with a client right now and he was having such a hard time trying to like write his passions down and trying to stand out and make it sound all creative and unique. 
And I'm like, you by you virtue by by virtue of you writing this out, by you like sharing this and and connecting with with who you are, like you're doing it. I, you're doing it. I don't understand. <laughs> it's not. Let's not overcomplicate this right. thing. You know. So I really do appreciate that and and that perspective because I feel like it it changes how we approach applying, writing a cover letter, um, all those different things too. So it's it's really cool. You know, (laughs) work smarter, not harder. You know, multifaceted use of things. I love it. <laughs> that that is it. I tell you, it doesn't get any better. We are already working hard enough. So mm-hmm. if the pandemic has taught us anything, we might be working a little too too hard. So how are we just scaling back a little bit? Just let's just scale back and and um, reflect and let's just figure out what's what's the best way for us to move forward without having to give more because we have nothing more to give right now. Well, that's a good note to end on. I really appreciate you for coming on, Nicole. What I would love for you to do so that folks who are interested in working with you, bringing you into their organizations, connecting with you on social media, can you just like share where folks can do that at? Absolutely. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Nicole Guanzura. Mm -hmm. And you can also reach out to me uh, via my website. It's just simply eac.com. Awesome. And again, y'all, as always, I'll plug all the information in the show notes. But again, big shout out to you, Nicole, for coming onto the um, onto the podcast, sharing your your story, your journey, your work, um, because it is so, so vital to so many people looking to do grad school and whatnot. So really, really thank you. I appreciate you, Jonathan. Thank you for the time. And thanks, Real Fam. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas. Additional production help by the incomparable Lindsay Dumas with music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Till next time, y'all. Peace.